Welcome to the Burnout Recovery Podcast, a guiding resource dedicated to healthcare professionals on their journey to overcoming burnout. Spearheaded by Dr. Joe Braid, a certified professional coach and rehabilitation physician. This podcast offers practical strategies through expert interviews and personal resilience stories, providing invaluable tools for navigating professional challenges while prioritizing well-being. Regardless of your role in healthcare, this podcast acknowledges the toll of your work on your overall health and is committed to supporting your recovery from burnout and fostering a fulfilling, sustainable career. So if you're ready to begin a transformative journey, join us for each new episode. Together, we'll navigate challenges, celebrate successes, and build a supportive community of healthcare professionals. You are listening to the Burnout Recovery Podcast, episode number 70. Wow, 70 episodes already. Today, I wanted to highlight self-care strategies that some of my guests have talked about during their podcast interviews. Everyone is different, yet they all have something that works for them. I wanted to share their self-care tools as an inspiration for you. Maybe something you haven't tried or something you haven't thought of before. We know that self-care is so important for all of us, and these amazing guests are leaders in their field and prioritize their self-care as an essential part of their routine. My first guest is Dr. Amandeep Hansra. She was on the podcast with the title, Finding Balance and Avoiding Burnout, Dr. Amandeep Hansra's Inspiring Portfolio Career. Part of my self-care is having to be in nature. Um, so it's really important. And I know when I get to that point, um, you know, obviously try and do it on a weekly basis. But, um, you know, when you live in the city, in the middle of the city, it can be hard just to escape and get away. But mm-hmm. um, for me, it's like finding that space and just being, um, you know, with, you know, alone often and being with, you know, the ground and being around nature and greenery and just feeling like refreshed about like this is this beautiful earth that we're part of. We're so lucky to be here, so lucky to be alive and and also reminding yourself how small you are, like the, you know, particular trips to the ocean and I live really near near to the beach, which Mm. is great for me Mm. and just looking at the mighty power of the ocean and reminding yourself that you're just this tiny little thing, you know, and that nature is so much bigger than us and Mm. we, you know, we just – We've got to go about our lives just remembering the perspective that, you know, your problems may seem big, but actually we're all just little things floating around on this earth yeah. and it's never that big. So I, I like that. It grounds me and I can always tell that I'm heading for burnout if I haven't been in nature and haven't stocked up on all of my, um, you know, exposure out into, yeah. into the beautiful world that we live in. So that's really something I can't do without. Next up is Dr. Emily Amos. From burnout recovery to retreats for doctors. It's the meditation. It really is. I've I've got to the point in my own meditation practice where it's no longer something that I have to force myself to do. It's something that my body and my brain call me to do. You know, I notice that when I'm feeling that sort of uh, static nervous energy in my body and, and the first thing that I reactively my body says is you need to sit, you need to stop, you need to sit. And it's not comfortable. You know, meditation is not pleasant. It's, it's often quite uncomfortable because I'm doing it in moments often reactively. Um, and so I, I just learning to recognize that discomfort means that 
it's something that I prioritize because I feel so much better after I meditate. And when I am, when I am being good to myself, I meditate, you know, for 10, 20 minutes in the morning before the kids get up. And I try to do it every day. If I don't do it every day, I find then that, that I am finding my body's calling for it. So mm-hmm. it's sort of, it makes its way into my, my self-care routine, whether I'm being good and doing it proactively mm. or whether I'm, you know, I'm not, I won't say bad because I'm just, mm. whether I'm busy and my body then yeah. says, come on, Emily, get back on the cushion. <laughs> now we have Dr. Cheryl Martin advocating for well-being. Dr. Cheryl Martin's impact on healthcare and medical training. I probably have to choose two. Um, <laughs> I think either a run or a date with my yoga mat. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah. love trail running. Uh, I think for me, it is a form of meditation, but I think I also have a community of fellow runners. And I think it's become really important. That's the social connection piece for me um, to be able to go out in the mountains and Mm. run with my friends. Um, So that's that's something that really uh, fills me up. um, And, you know, I, I really value the time that I spend out there. Mm. I am a regular yoga practitioner. I think I will spend most, you know, I have my mat out most of the time. And, you know, sometimes that's just five minutes with my leg up, legs up the wall or, yeah. or a bit of breath work. Um, mm. I, you know, I, I love, I don't know if you've ever read The Joy of Movement by Kelly McGonigal. I only the start. I haven't read the whole thing yet. Hmm. She's got a passage in this where she describes her relationship with movement from a young age. And it really, really, it, you know, I, I think it encapsulated the way I feel. Um, I danced when I was younger. I've always, you know, I was always that person recruiting the boys and girls to come to the aerobics class, did aerobics teacher training. And, you know, I just, I, um, I've always felt good um, moving and Having said that, I'm kind of aware that that's, you know, that is my thing and I can do that too much. And I think what I value about my yoga practice, because it's not just, you know, I know you and I both like Pilates, that's mm. the, the kind of more physical form, the, the asana practice in yoga is the, the physical postures, but mm. the the breath work, the relaxation, the meditation. So that more um, meditative thing, it really gets me to stop. Mm. Um, You know, my podcast is called The Mind Fuel Medic Podcast for a reason. It's a, Mm. you know, an ironic play on that. It's really quite hard to, to stop, sit, be. Um, And I think that my yoga practice has been very important and helped me, helping me kind of dial down Mm. um, the the relative hyperactivity part of me. Yes, (laughs) yeah. So oh, I think so these good. days I'm a bit more, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say integrated, um, if, if not balanced. Next is Dr. Ash Coxon. Finding your path, Dr. Ash Coxon's insights on burnout recovery and career development. I spent the first four years of my business journey really um, on the <laughs> teetering on the edge of burnout um, because it's very hard to know boundaries, particularly when you're running a business mm. and particularly when the sole success of your business and your big risk that you've taken to step away from a sensible full-paying job relies on mm. you and how much effort you put in. Mm-hmm. So for a long time, yes. um, I felt I had to do it all. Um, and doing it all quite often meant working 
before the kids woke up, when after the kids went to bed, working on weekends, running workshops on weekends. If clients wanted to see me at 10 mm. o'clock on a Thursday night, I'll see them at 10 o'clock on a Thursday night. And it got to the point mm-hmm. where um, I had to have a very clear, I, I, I got to the point of it almost shutting down the business due to the overwhelm and the very close to burnout. Yes. And I had to learn mm. boundaries. And I know that's a word that we throw around a lot. Um, and some people who might be listening, and I know I felt this, I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean by telling me to set boundaries? Mm. I have, like, what am I meant to do? Sure. I think only you yeah. need to go through that individual um, quest and oh, figuring it out of what it means for you. For me, it meant mm-hmm. I need to stop seeing clients after hours. I need to stop clean, seeing clients on the yes. weekend because that gives me time to be with my family or to do my exercise, you know, now a 5K run or mm-hmm. going and playing tennis on a Wednesday night, Yes, unfortunately, Great. is the most important thing for me. I know that there's, a, yeah. you know, I could be seeing someone and really helping someone, but I could also see them Thursday at 2 p.m. in, in, the, in, the, in the working hours. Yeah. So for me, a burnout sure. strategy and a self-care strategy has really been about um, being firm with my boundaries because it's given me so much more mm. time, confidence and self-love and self-worth to be able to say, Great. I deserve to go to yes. tennis on a Wednesday night and I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. So that's probably, yeah. it's, it's not, for me, it wasn't meditating. I, you know, I tried to meditate. I tried to do all the mm. traditional self-care strategies. For me, it was just creating boundaries. Now we have Dr. Ben Bravery. The Patient-Doctor Dichotomy, Ben Bravery's insights on compassion and connection in medicine. It's thinking time. <laughs> that hey. sounds really silly. It's just, oh, I love it. it. it I love a bit just, of thinking time. Keep it's going. Thinking, it's deliberate thinking. And I know that yeah. sounds really silly, but in the age of the goddamn telephone, um, the goddamn mobile phone, I'm showing my age by calling it a telephone, um, yep. and the, the mobile phone, it is so easy to just hum along and not actually think. Hmm. And I spend increasingly amounts of time with my phone away mm-hmm. and off because, you know, as much as you want to exercise your frontal lobe and say, well, I'm not going to look at the phone and I'm going to just sit it there and turn it upside down, it's, it is designed to draw all your attention all the time. Yeah. And I, self care now for me is about putting that thing away, not that it, you know, it's, it causes me distress or depression or anxiety. Mm. It's just, it's such a nice break <laughs> when it's yeah. gone and I can just actually fully think about something and let thoughts bubble up mm. rather than being reactive, being proactive. Here we have Dr. Roger Sexton with Healthy Doctors, Healthier Workplaces. Music. Music. Okay. Music, yeah. Music, music. I heard uh, two, two, two billion ball moments for me. One is I was in um, 12-year-old in high school, just out of high school, and the teacher said, uh, I'm running a guitar, a guitar class in the woodwork room at lunchtime. Do you want to come along? You know, just who wants to come along? Can you come along? Mm. Anyway, we walked into that room and he had three of his guitars there, pick one up and just fell in love with it immediately. I thought it's like a love affair straight away. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I've been, I've been playing guitar ever since. and. Um, mm. Hugely important. And then when I was in the UK, 
working in a very busy obstetric hospital and um, very long hours, very long hours. And uh, after three months, because I, I didn't have much there, work took up a lot of time. I thought, there's something missing here, mm, <laughs> something <yeah>. missing. <laughs> and uh, I bought a little radio and uh, transistor, tranny, we call them, mm-hmm. and uh, turn on BBC4, I think it was, something like that. Anyway, yeah. the police were playing, Sting yeah, and the right. police. Mm-hmm. Right. Ah. Who are these blacks? They're intellectual punks. They were great. I thought <laughs> this, I realised then it was music I'd been missing, music mm. I'd been missing. I'm mm. a fan of Sting ever since. But um, I realised then, no, it was music. So both of those taught me the importance of music and I've been doing it ever since. So playing, I just uh, recorded an album, my first album. with a, a mate. Oh, wow. Called Life. Um, it was such fun. It was huge fun. So any, anybody listening who plays an instrument, mm. the best fun is to get together with a, someone or a few others and yep. just record something. It is such fun. And you don't think about anything else. It's totally meditational, totally endorphin generating, totally fun, fun, fun. So mm. uh, I, I think music's very important. A lot, a lot of health professional people, particularly doctors, are musical. Oh, yeah. But they, yeah. Put, they put their violin or their piano aside. Mm. Mm. No. Uh, it's it's one of the things that sustains us. It's a life. It's a life gift for your kids. And uh, I think, but again, it's one of these things that uh, professional life can push aside. You know, yes. professional life will squeeze out mm. everything if you let it. Mm. Good diet, music, you know, creative interests, contact with nature. You know, yes. contact with nature is so critical to our well-being. Yes. And COVID, when the lockdowns denied many people contact with nature. Mm. Mm. Um, but you know, music thrived in that. And I was um, used to the, the Doobie Brothers, who I also that uh, they did a, a, a sort of hybrid event of some of their songs. Fantastic! And they had so many hundred thousand followers or something, just providing bringing music into the home that was yeah. otherwise denied to them. So Wonderful. many, many um, examples of power of music. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And finally, we have Dr. Sarah Dalton. Empowering Clinicians with Dr. Sarah Dalton, Coaching as a Catalyst for Personal and Professional Growth. What I love the most about my weekends is going for a run with my running buddies. And we even have something in the calendar called Running Buddies where we catch up on a Sunday morning and it's probably a combination of all the things I love. So, it's my mm-hmm. friends. I talk to them about life in general as yes. you do. but. Some of them have professional links that are similar to mine. So it's also not a bad kind of debrief and opportunity to catch up on things about about work and life. But it's also usually based in somewhere where we can have a beautiful mm. coffee and perhaps a piece of cake. Nice. So <laughs> if you do the run, you get the cake. And it's almost always outside, which is one of my favorite places yeah. to be. So that's a good selection of things for me and if I can't do it I really miss it and right now I haven't done it as much as I want so this is a great reminder to reinvest in that because I think that's one of the best things I can do for my own health. Thanks for listening I hope you've got some inspiration from this range of self-care tools that these inspiring podcast guests have shared with the audience. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Burnout Recovery Podcast. If there's someone in your world who would also benefit from this, please share it with them. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope for a brighter, more fulfilling future. Let's continue this journey together one episode at a time. For more resources, including how to move from dread to delight, 
head to drjoeparade.com. 